really, you want to build rapport, agree to an agenda, probe them, identify the opportunity to move forward, and then decide and create a deadline for what the next step is or what the call to action is. Best ever listeners, before we jump into today's episode, got two questions for you, and this is for my fix and flippers out there. One, are your financing costs eating away your bottom line? And two, are you looking for a way to increase your overall profits by reducing your loan payments to the bank or private lender? Of course you are, right? You're always looking to maximize the potential of your deal. So here's a solution. We got a solution for you through the crowdfunding platform, Patch of Land. If you're a loyal Best Ever listener, you know Patch of Land. They've been on the show many times. They've sponsored the show many times. They're back for more because they love you. They want to help you out. They want to add value to your life. And here's how they're going to do it. They have a solution to your financing issue of financing costs eating away from your bottom line. And they want to help you reduce your loan payments to the bank. So here we go. Patch of Land offers a fix and flip loan program that only charges interest on the funds that have been dispersed as opposed to tradition, the traditional model of lenders charging interest on the whole loan amount at the beginning. You save a lot of money this way and it can be misleading when you get your terms quoted to you by the lender at a particular rate if they charge all the interest up front versus upon distributions. Patch of Land's got a document that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper to educate yourself on questions you should ask the lender. Regardless if you go with Patch of Land, you've got to get this document to educate yourself on the questions to ask your lender to make sure you're getting the best financing terms. The document's at patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. That's patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Patch of Land, they can close in as little as seven days and they can help you through this program save thousands of dollars on your deals, make more money, and uh, have a better business and grow your fix and flip business. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today, Trevor McGregor. How you doing, Trevor? I'm outstanding, Joe. How are you doing? Well, I'm outstanding as well, and nice to have you back on the show. Best ever listeners, you know Trevor McGregor, and that is because you are a loyal best ever listener. But if you're listening for the first time, then let me just tell you, buckle up, my friends, because we're about to be educated in an actionable way. I hire him as my personal business and performance coach, been working with him for five years now. And Trevor is a, like I mentioned, a business performance coach, strategist, consultant, and speaker. He has mentored many of the people who I know and is previously worked for. And perhaps, do you still work with the Tony Robbins group? No, I'm out on my own now. I spent uh, half a decade with Tony Robbins as one of his top master platinum coaches. And uh, yeah, no, I've gone off and I'm supporting more real estate investors all over this beautiful blue planet, Joe. Well, there we go. And to support us today, Trevor is going to talk to us about a five-step process in order to engage people on a deeper level and have a call to action at the end. So basically, we can make more money by connecting with others and doing so in a meaningful way. So through this process, we're going to go through the five steps and Trevor's going to walk us through it. So what's the best approach for how we should start the conversation, Trevor? 
Well, thanks, Joe. And, and it's great to be back. I love your show and I appreciate the opportunity to come back and support your listeners because as I coach real estate investors all over the U.S. or Canada or Europe or Asia or Australia, one of the questions that I get over and over is, how do I get brokers to really listen to me? How do I get property managers to react to me? How do I get appraisers to go out there and do what I need to do or general contractors? So I'm often finding myself talking about, well, how good of a communicator are you in real estate? The number one thing that we must remember is if you take a look at it from the Tony Robbins perspective, if you go to his business mastery, you'll stand up in front of everyone and he'll say, what business are you in? And if you or me, or because I'm also an active real estate investor myself, if we answer that question, well, I'm a real estate investor, Tony will then ask us another question about, well, what business are you really in? And the answer that we're looking for is, well, we're in the communication business. We're in the connection business. We're in the relationship business. So I'll go back to what I was talking about, that the number one way that I see people like you or I or anyone listening to go to the next level is to really take a look at how they're showing up and communicating with everybody that they speak to each day. So does that make sense? Makes a lot of sense. I'm 100% on board. I believe that relationships are the key to business and quite frankly, life and having meaningful, strong relationships with value add approach is the best approach. And then everything else will take care of itself. Absolutely. So if we all agree that we're really in the relationship business, people have then asked me, well, how do I cultivate better relationships? How can I get people to really give me the deal or give me the best rate or support me in my property management or handle my project? And really, I talk about a communication style. And today I'm going to go over for the listeners five key steps to talking to anybody anywhere, anytime about any topic related to the real estate game. And we'll get into those five steps in just a minute. But again, I want to start off by really, really asking the listeners to think about how you've been showing up, whether it's with your general contractor or whether it's your lender, whether it's anybody in your team of professional pillars, and rate yourself right now on a scale of one to 10. Joe, I'll put you on the spot as your coach and I'll ask you, and I think you're a phenomenal communicator. Where would you rate your ability to see where you started out in real estate at on the scale of one to 10 and maybe where you are today just from doing so many conversations? And help me understand how I'm rating it. So when you say, think about how I've been showing up and rating it, what specifically am I using to determine the rating? Well, let's say when you first got started buying your first revenue property, when you'd call up a broker or you'd mm -hmm. call up anybody how good of a communicator were you on a scale of one to 10 versus where Joe Perlis is today? Mm -hmm. I'd say six is relative to where I was versus where I am. Six is where I was and now nine. And that's relative to where I was versus where I am, not necessarily relative to everyone in the world. Because if I did that, then my nine would probably be like a six or a seven. Absolutely. And I love that. That's a perfect analogy because you're a different person today than you were many, many years ago. So for everyone that's listening, you got to really understand where you are today and then ask yourself, who do I need to be and how do I need to show up to get better so that I too could maybe move from a five or a six up to a seven, an eight and a nine. And this process that I'm about to give you is going to help everyone do that. So are you ready to dive in, Joe? I'm ready. You bet. So I want your listeners to perhaps grab a pen and a paper and I'm going to give the five steps in the form of an acronym. And that acronym is called RAPID. 
and that is R A P I D, rapid. And what I thought we'd do is give everybody the opportunity to learn what each letter stands for, and then we'll go through how to apply it in a real estate related conversation. Love it. The first letter is for the word rapport. Because again, in relationships, nothing happens without a certain level of rapport. So when you think about speaking to someone, before you get into the meat and potatoes of the conversation, have you created rapport? So if you're asking, what is rapport? Well, that is where you create commonality or you find something of similar interest. Maybe you're from a certain town and they're from a certain town, or maybe you've got kids or they've got kids, or maybe you work with a similar company and they work with a similar company. So Whatever you do, you've got to kick off the conversation by establishing rapport because that also builds likability and it also establishes trust. Does that make sense, Joe? Yep. And most people think that once you establish rapport, you're good to go. But if you don't hold rapport throughout your entire real estate conversation, you'll lose the other party. So again, it's not something you do one time and you say, thank God that's over. You want to carry to hold rapport right through the call. So that's the first part of the rapid process. And are you ready to go to the A? Yep. The A stands for the agenda. And what most real estate investors do is that we find that they don't table what the outcome is for the conversation, or they don't table what the outcome is for the call, or they don't table the outcome for what the email is meant to ask. So again, we always want to ask, what is on the agenda? Are we talking about finding deals? Are we talking about a certain type of deal? Are we talking about a certain neighborhood? Are we talking about a certain price point? So you really want to communicate to whoever you're talking to with the outcome in mind. So if you're looking for a multifamily property in a certain neighborhood at a certain price point at a certain classification, You'll absolutely want to state that so that the other side knows with clarity what it is that you're seeking. And most people don't do that. They forget to table what the outcome is for the caller, for the conversation, or for the mm -hmm. email. Does that make sense to you, Joe? Absolutely. So once you've established rapport, you then want to say the reason for my call is, or the purpose of my email is to verify, or I'm sending this text because I'm curious about. And once that's on the table, you will just find a more succinct conversation between you and whoever you're communicating with. So from that point, and from that point, we go to the P in rapid. And the P is the fun part, Joe. This is where it stands for probing. And probing is really nothing more than asking powerful questions. So what most people do is they show up in a real estate conversation and they start saying, okay, here's what I want, here's what I need, can you get me this? Instead of asking powerful questions up front, which elicit significance in the other party. So if you're just meeting for somebody for the first time, instead of telling them what you're looking for, ask them, so how long have you been a broker? Wow, that's great. What's the best part of being a broker? Wow, you've probably seen some different economic cycles over the years, haven't you? And just engage and enroll and compel them to share a little bit more about their model of the world or their story before you start darting them with the questions of what it is that you're looking for. So maybe Joe, share with us, have you done that more often to strike up better conversations with people in your tribe? Well, it's really interesting and I don't think it's a coincidence. I interviewed Chris Voss 
recently, and he is a former lead FBI hostage negotiator, and he wrote the book Never Split the Difference. And he was responsible for seven years for every American who was kidnapped overseas. He was the lead negotiator to help resolve that situation. And he wrote a book about it and how it applies to business. And one of the things he said, which aligns with what you just said, is when you ask the questions, how and what are very powerful. And I was going to mention that, but then when you gave your two examples, you used how and you used what. Those were the two words that you used. So it's so true that when we ask these questions, using the word how and what are the best two words to start out those questions because people like to talk about how they're doing stuff or what components or what aspects of whatever they're doing is what's involved with that. And if you ask why, that could put people on the defensive a little bit. So when we ask these questions, so to answer your question to me, yes, I do. And now I'm going to be more focused on the how and what questions because of what you naturally did and what Chris was talking about too. Yeah, you're spot freaking on. And I love that, Joe, because it's the absolute way to get to a connection and a communication and a vibration and a frequency where you're both on the same page. Questions really elicit emotion and our emotions are going to dictate the quality of life. And if we go Tony Robbins on this, I'll just share with the listeners. After having a sneak peek into Tony's world for half a decade as one of his top coaches, it was fascinating to watch him in a business meeting or even in an intervention where Tony literally asked a number of questions before he'd even share his thoughts. In fact, we go back to watching him in a business meeting and Tony owns 33 companies that do $5 billion a year in sales. Yes, that's $5 billion. And we played a little game as coaches. We were asked to come up with how many questions do we think Tony asks the average person when he meets him in a 30 to 45-minute meeting. And we all guessed it would be around 30, 40, maybe 50 questions. And when we rolled back tape after tape after tape, Tony Robbins asked no less than 120 questions before ever deciding which route he wanted to go with his decision. So it just goes to show you that probing and asking questions are the key to understanding and appreciating what's going on for the other party and to also gain the information that's going to help you make a better decision in your real estate dealings. Mm -hmm. So that's outstanding. And thanks for sharing that. That's just absolutely outstanding. So from that point, once you've probed them and you've got some of that information Now we move to the second last letter, which is the I, which is identifying the opportunity. So that's where you go, well, Mr. Broker, based on what I heard you say, I'd like to perhaps have you send that document over. Or Mr. General Contractor, based on the price you've given me verbally, I'd like you to put that on paper and send it over. Or you could do that with an appraiser. You could do that with a lender. You could do that with anybody in your professional pillars. And then from that, comes the D, which is the decision. And the decision is whether you're going to move forward and work with that person or whether you're going to go into a property or whether you're going to perhaps, you know, borrow some money from them. And we always say that the D is also standing for the decision with a deadline. And Joe, you know this as well as I do, that most real estate investors, when they're going to make a decision, they'll do it, but they'll leave it open-ended. And what we try to teach and coach and mentor and train on is you want to timestamp it. You want to make that decision with the deadline. And it might sound something like, 
Great. So based on everything we've discussed today, let's continue to move forward. Send me the documents. I'll read through them. And then let's get back on the phone. Let's say two days from now at two o'clock on Thursday. How would that work for you? Mm -hmm. And by time stamping it, you're closing that loop. And again, so many real estate investors fail to do that. Do you find that as well? Sure. Yeah, I could see that. So really, you want to build rapport, agree to an agenda, probe them, identify the opportunity to move forward, and then decide and create a deadline for what the next step is or what the call to action is. So again, those are some of the things that I know that once a real estate investor follows that syntax or that script in that order, they're able to absolutely get to their outcome. The other party feels like they've been able to add value and it's a win-win for everybody in the business. On the rapport part, one thing that comes to mind is there's no excuse not to have the necessary information in order to build rapport if you know about the meeting in advance because of LinkedIn, because of Google, because of Facebook, because of the person who introduced you to this person. You can ask him or her about who you're meeting with. So there's all sorts of ways you can find some talking point that you two can at least attempt to connect on or multiple talking points that you can at least attempt to connect on. So on the rapport thing, definitely you can set yourself up for success initially. So my question is, what if you get thrown in a meeting with someone and you can't do that research? You don't have time because you didn't know you'd be meeting with this person. Great question, Joe. And that does happen a lot. So I love that you share that. Facebook, Google, LinkedIn are all great places to do your preliminary homework. But if you go into a meeting and you're in somebody's office, you want to have what we call sensory acuity. And sensory acuity is nothing more than a Tony Robbins term for being present and looking around the room and looking for clues because he says that there's clues in every room. Perhaps you see a picture of the person's family on the desk. Perhaps you see a copy of Success Magazine on their credenza. Perhaps you see they're big into fishing and they've got a big fish on the wall on a big plaque. So oftentimes there are conversation starters in there that you can absolutely use those clues to get the rapport going and create that commonality. You like fishing? Say you like fishing. If you don't, don't bring it up. But if Mm -hmm. you see that they have kids in the picture and you say, hey, is that your family there? You might then talk a little bit about your family and how your kids are the same age or they play the same sports. There's always something to go to, Joe. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And if we don't happen to be in that person's office, then however we say we're at some random event, however we got to that event, meaning why we're attending or whatever the event is, there will be something there that we can at least start the conversation with. How'd you like that last panel? Or what were your favorite parts? We're using how and what. What were your favorite parts about XYZ? Or how do you know so-and-so who perhaps kind of pushed you in front of this new person who you didn't know you're going to meet? And there's all sorts of different ways. And I, I think using how and what questions in the setting that you're in would be helpful too. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. And you bring up another good point, which is an introduction from another person. Hey, I got your name from Joe Fairless. And I'm reaching out to you today because, or I got your name from this broker. I got your name from this property manager. I got this name from a general contractor. And once you start sharing names, it already automatically brings people 
into their sphere of influence because you're familiar with someone else they know. So yeah. again, that's another huge point, Joe. Great job. And then the other question I have is on the P part, the probing and asking the powerful questions. You mentioned the Tony Robbins example, 120 questions before he makes a decision on something. I know on the surface that sounds pretty ridiculous and definitely he doesn't ask 120 questions before he makes any decision on anything. So how do we determine, okay, I've asked 75 or however many I think I'm good on the questions. Now let me move on to the I versus, okay, I need to keep going. (laughs) That's a great point. And we don't need to go Tony Robbins on it. We just have to remember that if you're not asking enough questions, what's preventing you from adding one or two more? So maybe you ask a broker five questions when maybe you should have asked six or seven that would have really elicited a better answer or given him significance or let him share his wisdom or his passion or his knowledge. Again, people absolutely love being asked questions, and very rarely will somebody ever say, no, I'm not going to answer that, because what the brain does is the brain prepares to answer questions based on this, and I'll even play this with you. Joe, can I ask you a quick question? Sure. Yeah, so your brain now says, sure, and has given Trevor a permission slip to go ahead and ask. So it's not that we have to ask 75 or 120 questions. It's just remember that questions are the key because they also hold potential power that when we move to the I in rapid, which is identifying where you're going to go, or you're moving to the D, which is a decision, that you're doing it with more certainty. You're doing it with more clarity, and you're doing it with more confidence. Those are the big three C words that if you have a conversation, you're really looking to transfer to that person certainty, clarity, and confidence that you're a real estate investor that is ready to do a deal or ready to borrow capital or ready to hire them as a property manager. And again, we call that perceptual positioning. If you have a weak conversation and you don't transfer certainty, you don't transfer clarity and you don't transfer confidence, they're going to give the deal to somebody else or they're going to say, well, let me think about it and they'll try to skirt around you and go give the deal to another party. Does that make sense as well? Yeah. I love that agenda comes before the questions because let's assume that there was no agenda. So let's assume you didn't say there's an A in this acronym and instead it was just rapport to probing. So you build rapport, then you ask questions. I'd be like, what the hell is our destination? Where are all these questions headed? I would go bonkers and it would not be a good situation for anyone because I love when People know what they're looking for when they're talking to you and they're approaching it the right way and say, hey, ideally we can identify blah, 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 or the ideal outcome for this is blah, blah, blah. I always start out when I have calls with people, I start out, well, depending on the situation and who I'm talking to, but if it's a vendor, I'll always say, okay, so what's our outcome for this call? And that way I know how to navigate the conversation And then when they ask the questions, then I can say, okay, is that inside the territory of what our outcome is or is that outside? If it's outside, then not relevant. Let me bring that up and we'll move on. If it is inside the territory that's relevant, then let's keep on going down this path until we get to the I and the D in this. I love that. Yeah, Joe, you really bring up a really, really strong point there. And it also speaks to how you might talk to your own team. So let's say we've got real estate investors on this call or listeners listening to this or watching this that 
have a team of people underneath you. And let's say you meet with them every Monday morning at nine o'clock. You will absolutely be able to use the same process. So when you go into the boardroom or you go into your meeting room, you're going to establish some rapport and say, how was your weekend and what's going on and that's happening in your family and all that stuff. And then you will move to the A and you say, great, now let's get started, folks. And the outcome for today's meeting is we've got 45 minutes to cover point A, B, and C. And so you absolutely set the outcome for your own internal meeting so that you guys aren't bantering or wasting time or doing water cooler chat. There's an agenda. And then you can probe them with who's handling it, what's going on with the different properties or the different accounts or whatever you're talking about identify action items, and then set the deadline to follow up with each other. So again, rapid is the number one thing that business owners or real estate investors can use to absolutely go further faster. It's also a process. I think you could use a lot of it in an email too. I recently got introduced to someone from a mutual friend and the introduction was kind of cryptic and vague. And this person who was being introduced to me, he said, hey, let's jump on a call. And I'm thinking, what are we going to talk about? I have no idea. So I emailed and I said, friend of this person's is a friend of mine. So I'd be happy to talk to you. But just for some context, what's your ideal outcome for our call? And then if the outcome is something that perhaps I could give them a document or something, then it's going to be a more effective use of my time to send them a document versus spend 15, 20, 30 minutes of my time talking about something I could have emailed them. So this is also something that we could apply towards email. It is absolutely that as well. And you bring up another great point. Build a little rapport. Hey, I got your name from Jeff. And here's the reason why I'm sending you the email. Here's my outcome. That's the agenda. Ask your three questions invite them in rapid or identify that you'd love for them to reply and then you'll get that information back and you will decide whether to move forward or not. So text, email, business meeting, networking event, this is where it's at. And again, this is what you can use to really, really optimize and maximize your conversations. And if there's one thing that I'll add to it, a little bonus distinction, Joe, is you got to put yourself in the other person's shoes as well. So let's say it is a broker who could give you the deal or give someone else the deal. You got to remember, what is it that they're looking for in you? And again, brokers are looking typically for two things from us as real estate investors. Number one, do we have the capital to do the deal? And number two, how quickly can we close? Yep. So again, in your communication, if you have to plant some seeds to say, you know what, my team and I have the resources to move forward and we can do this very, very quickly, again, that's part of the clarity, the certainty, and the confidence that just might get you the deal instead of your competitor. Does that resonate with you? Sure does. How can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? You bet. As always, I invite anyone who wants to reach out to just simply go to www.coachwithtrevor.com. That's C-O-A-C-H-W-I-T-H-T-R-E-V-O-R. Go to coachwithtrevor.com and enter your details. And I'd be happy to jump on the phone and have a conversation with you about anything, anywhere, anytime, real estate related. Trevor, thank you for being on the show, talking to us about the five-step process for connecting with others in a meaningful way that produces results. One is build rapport. Two is have an agenda. So communicate the outcome. Three is probing. So asking powerful questions. 
Four is identifying the opportunity to move forward. And five is having a decision. So if you move forward, then here's the deadline. So a decision with a deadline. And those five things are built up to RAPID, which is the acronym for this. So thanks for talking to us about that, for sharing that with us. I hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks very much, Joe. Take care. Today's sponsor, Patch of Land, has got the document for you that you've got to check out if you're a fix and flipper. They show you how a higher interest rate can actually deliver a lower cost to your fix and flip loan. And conversely, how a lower interest rate could deliver a higher cost to your fix and flip loan. Needless to say, you got to know this stuff to identify the best loan terms. Go to patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Get this document, patchofland.com forward slash Joe Fairless. Tired of the noise in the real estate investing space, but still want to light your business on fire? Real Estate Deal Talk is an original source of radio shows, podcasts, case studies, and articles devoted to real estate investing. For investors, by investors. Discover more at realestatedealtalk.com. That's realestatedealtalk.com.